Welcome to episode 160B of No Challenges Remaining, our second Wimbledon strawberry-sized episode. Bigger than a strawberry. Genetic, genetically engineered strawberry. I'm Ben Rothenberg. It's Courtney Nguyen. Courtney, we are sitting on court one. We are. Right now, doing some live embedded scene reporting. <laughs> it's dead quiet. <laughs> and what did we, what happened today on court one? Today on court one, uh, Madison Keys, just kidding. Yeah, I know, um, Madison Keys did Madison win a match. Madison Keys did win a match, but... Samuel Query. Samuel Jane Query. <laughs> Beats number one. Novak Djokovic. Ben, you have all the stats. You can, you can probably run through, like, kind of the, the, first the statistical, senses. you know, significance of what Sammy did. Okay, so here's what Sam Query did. Sam Query, just on the Novak side of things, because obviously more about Novak Djokovic losing than Sam Query winning, with all respect to Sam. Sam making the fourth round under other circumstances would not have merited a podcast uh, <laughs> as much as we like Sam. But Sam ended Novak's streak of having won four straight majors, 30 straight matches in the majors, uh, three straight – no, uh, he was going for his third wins. Wimbledon title here. Yeah, 30 straight major wins. He was going for a third Wimbledon title here. He just hasn't lost much at all. Nope. And Query was not somebody we flagged to do this. I went back and listened to the preview, the draw preview show, to see what we said about Sam Query, if anything. Luckily, we at least said his name out loud. But in a, in a sort of – we weren't sure he was going to get past uh, – it's possible would have been a first round or second round against Rosal. I think we yeah. like mentioned Rosal just as much, if not more, than Query right. in that as this possible third round match. We just didn't. We said we said Novak had an easy draw. We didn't expect problems, and oh. Novak had problems. Novak lost the first set in a tiebreak, got blown out in the second set, six one, before a rain before uh, the rain came back and they stopped. So much rain, you guys. Uh, <laughs> whole other story on that. Whole other story as trash blows around the stadium. Uh, yeah, so Sam held his nerve somehow and won the match in the fourth set after Novak. Novak, Novak kind of ran away with the, the third today, early today. On the restart. Right. Went up four love, another another rain delay, which got uh, Sam's head set a little bit, he said. Yeah, and then Sam hung on in the fourth, at, most shockingly, after Novak served for it. Yes, at broke, six, broke Novak. five or five, five, four, five four. I thought. Yeah, 5-4, that's right. Yeah, and so that was all pretty stunning. And another rain delay in between there at 6-5 for Query. Query hung, hangs on. And was this match, do you think, more about Query playing well or Djokovic playing not well? I think it's more about Novak not playing well. And we yeah. can talk about, you know, all of those sorts of things. But I think that at the same time, look, I mean, Sam Query went into the rain delay last night, went to sleep with the two sets to love lead on Novak Djokovic. And he was still the bookmaker's not favorite to win that match. And I remember thinking a bunch of times and almost tweeting it, but also kind of feeling like it would be a mean thing to tweet. But, you know, uh, was that more because of what we think of Novak or more because of what we think of Sam in terms of his um, competitive instincts at times, yeah. which have been questioned? Um, you know, and whether or not he had kind of the, the you know, the fortitude to, to come out and, and go guns blazing and to withstand Novak, especially after Novak would have had a night's rest to kind of reset his mind and, um, and everything. I think the multiple rain delays definitely helped. There was one that came and Novak had to come back out and serve to stay in the match uh, with Sam Query up, but, uh, and which Novak Djokovic did well. But it was interesting. I sit in the press room 
uh, on the main floor of the press room next to Steve Flink, uh, author of uh, The Greatest Matches of All Time and an incredible tennis historian. It's yeah. always a highlight for me to come to Wimbledon because I know I, for two weeks I get to sit next to Steve and just talk about tennis and, and everything that he's seen. And yesterday he was watching the Djokovic query match and from the you know the first few games he kept turning to me I wasn't watching it I was watching something else he kept turning to me and saying you know he's slipping all over the place he's got he's he, he has no uh no sense out there and and Steve was saying you know the number one court doesn't look as worn as center court does at this moment um you know had so much not play with all the rain exactly yeah. and it looked a bit slicker and it looked like Novak was really struggling with his footwork on the on uh, yesterday and so, uh, I don't know, Steve was, was pretty surprised by it all and really kind of flagged it. He's like, he's in trouble. He doesn't look like he wants to be out there. Yeah, that was the thing. He just looked like his, his mind wasn't totally in it. And I don't know. I mean, I was I was I haven't done the math on, or the, the, you know, the digging. But I just can't imagine, at least the recent examples I can think of, cannot imagine there are many people who go out and complete their career slam and then win the next slam. Sure. Be- I, I, know that, I know that Federer did it in 09. Federer completed the career slam at the French Open and then won Wimbledon. But other than that, like, of the recent ones who do it, there's, there's a natural lull, especially for Djokovic, who had so long waiting for the French, completed all four at once to got that Novak slam history. He just, from the beginning here on court, I didn't watch a lot of his early rounds because it's not usually that relevant, but he didn't look, like, super dialed in and super, like, you know, uh, ready to go, you know, uh, just you know, bulldozer mode. Yeah, and he, it, ju- he just looked, he just looked flat, and his heart didn't look totally in it, and that is completely human. Yeah, no, but it, it did look like Novak Djokovic was going to turn this match around, and he got himself amped up, particularly in that fourth set. He hit this incredible uh, low volley uh, at Deuce, I believe yeah. it was, in that long protracted game that Sam Querrey had break chances in. Did the and, wild fist uh, pump? Yeah, did the wild fist pump, and, and got really amped up. And I thought at that moment that was going to be the turning point. Well, Novak's gonna, you know, break in the next game, or he's gonna take the tie break, whatever it is. And then when definitely when he was serving for the match, uh, you you really expected Novak to close there and take it into a fifth set and then at that point you kind of think one set shootout that that it you know things would favor Novak having pocketed the first two sets of the day but um yeah I mean Sam Query I mean this is where I think the 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 discussion does switch over to Sam because Novak did make that push it's not like he stayed in that rut that we identified and that we saw um throughout the entire match he did kind of get back up into it and I think that Sam you know uh didn't blink and and the fact that he broke Novak serving at 5-4 uh for that second uh for that uh fourth set that was was really really that was that was that was largely on Novak Novak played a crap game there for (laughs) sure but it was still stunning because like we said and like you said about the bookmakers true I mean Sam Query we, I mean, has been, we've been, obviously, as Americans, we've been more aware of him than most people for someone of his ranking. And he just hasn't been, even as an American, especially in recent years, since he was in the top 20, I guess, in 2011. He made a breakthrough, 2010, 2011, made a breakthrough in there, won a bunch of titles that year, yep. uh, and was on his way up. And then he just stalled. And then he plateaued, you could say, and he had a, a few injury problems. But mostly it was just seeming to be a bit flat and not the best not the best competitor yeah. didn't, uh, didn't look visibly maybe and think, maybe that's like, an unfair thing it's a thing like Sloan Stevens we talked about, this. We yeah, talk about exactly. this too and they were coached by the same David Nankin at the same time and they had a lot of parallels where they had this huge natural talent Sam's a 6'6 guy with a big serve, serve who moves pretty well big forehand he's got you know he's not a much worse uh, athlete or specimen on court better backhand than most right. from the Americans yeah not you know not bad compared to like an Isner but Isner's results in compete level just seemed yeah. much 
better and to the sort of intangibles that you want out of someone, uh, you know, a horse to put your, to use odds again, just to, you know, someone that you want to bet on. Exactly. Yeah. Sam just didn't have that. And that's why I think people discounted his chances in this, in this match, even when he got his seed bumped up because of his grass success, he's outside top 40, but he became number 28 seed. I mean, I just think that, yeah, there was some, I don't know that I, I guess I was just impressed that he didn't check out or didn't yeah. didn't fold. That was the thing. Not and that, didn't not feel that sorry he, for himself. Yeah, you know, I mean, he got he got routed on the restart uh, in that in that third set. And you know, we've seen the script play out before. You know, and and uh, Sam Query, all credit to him, didn't let himself fall into that trap. And he competed incredibly well today. Um, and uh, you know, we we you you know we talked to Madison Keys a little bit in her match. I know you peppered her with a bunch of questions about Sam and I've heard everybody with a bunch of questions. About yeah, Sam but today. but you know, I mean, the the book is is kind of pretty consistent, which is that he's a really nice guy. He's a super chill guy, super chilled California like, guy. In this in this world of tennis, which can be full of a lot of neurotic people, a lot of you know obsessively competitive people, a lot of you know cutthroat people, especially crazy if you people. want to say crazy people, including like entourages, yeah. so not just the players themselves. Sam has is this sort of island of tranquility. Yeah. And this sort of just like, I don't know, just like but just like this like too relaxed California very Californian the whole thing. Like yeah. very Southern California casual, beachy vibe to him. And have I thought that that was holding him back at points? Yes, for sure. in fact that he didn't seem to have much fire as a competitor. And maybe in this case, maybe him, you know, simmering instead of, you know, burning too bright and getting too up and down and too, too running too hot. Uh, maybe that maybe that served him well here. I, I don't know. I mean, again, it's this one instance. I mean, it's not like suddenly this validates every single thing in his career. I mean, it's, it's a win. It's a win, a big win, a win that a lot of players wouldn't have been able to close out. Last time he beat a top five player was Novak Djokovic. And Bercy. In Bercy, yes. Quite uh, a few years, years ago. ago. Yeah. Years, years ago. Yeah, so, I mean, he has, he does have this. Um, is this going to be a career-changing win? Is he suddenly back into top 20 and back into top 16? I don't think so. I'll be curious to see how he backs it up against Mahout, which is a very losable next-round yeah. match. I mean, he did lose to Mahout in uh, Sir Token Bosch just a couple weeks ago, so that's by no means should be considered a letdown, per se, or, you know, a flop if he loses right. that match. Nicholas Mahu on grass, pretty darn good. Pretty darn good. Pretty darn good. Yeah, uh, and so so we'll see. I mean, it, it's just a, it's just an odd result uh, more than anything. It's just not, again, unexpected. It was, you know, you tightest photo of just a sports shirt. Yeah. I mean, it's just one of those things it's... that you can't plan for these things. And, and it's a... Uh, it's a it's an unexpected and a bit of an anticlimactic way, I think maybe for Novak's slam bid to uh, to fall. I think the one that everyone was circling, and we were certainly circling on the pro- preview show, was the Ronich match. Correct. Um, and Ronich and Sam came out and was you know a little bit of like Ronich light. It doesn't have quite the all court game that sure. Ronich has. Uh, doesn't have quite the baseline weapons that Ronich has. But he d- was getting a lot of free points on serve. Was able he to served keep incredibly well. keep Novak off balance. Yeah. 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 So, so there we go. Let's hear from Sam. Actually, a little bit impress. You know, I'm, I'm not gonna lie and say going into it, I thought I was gonna win. But I think as the match progressed and I, I was serving well and holding in the first set, we were kind of going back and forth. I gained a little more confidence with, with every game, and then we got to that tiebreaker, and uh, I played a great tiebreaker. And once I won that, I was in my head. I was like, all right, I, you know, I can, I can beat this guy. I can hang with him and, and uh, turn this into a match. Being such a chill, relaxed guy, nothing seems to phase you all the time. At any point in this match, where you're, you know, have the number one player on the on the ropes overnight, and then today, where you have the adrenaline going and get like an oh crap moment that this is actually happening. Um, I mean a little bit down 4-0, a 
you know, when it started raining, I was like, yes, like, and go back and regroup. But no, I, I actually felt pretty level-headed and steady the whole time. Um, a little bit in the fourth set tiebreaker when I missed my serve at 6-5, it kind of went, oh, crap. Like, um, but fortunately, played a good point. He missed the forehand wide, and, uh, you know, that was it. Like today, um, and your result for sure, say about the state of American tennis, and how does it feel to be answering questions like that here? Um, I mean, we've been answering those questions since basically since Roddick retired. So, um, you know, it's, it's exciting that, you know, I won, Steve Johnson won. I don't, Isner was in a third set tiebreaker. I don't know if he won that, but um, he didn't win it. All right, well, hopefully we can come back tomorrow and win it. We could have three guys in the round of 16, which I'm sure we haven't had in a long time. But uh, at least it'll maybe silence mostly you guys for asking that question for another week or so. <laughs> and your thoughts on, I guess, crap on the rest of the things we've seen in week one as we come into what will be middle Sunday, but isn't middle Sunday, yeah. but kind of is. There's a lot of cranky pants up around these Wimbledon courts, it seems like. There's just, you know, whether it's the uh, the Victor Troisky tirade or so just loud. a lot of uh, snapping back and forth. Uh, Feliciano Lopez having an issue with Fabio Fanini's coach. Uh, Juan Martin Del Potro and Luca Puy today, uh, before their match was suspended, exchanging words with uh, Del Potro telling him to shut up, although Luca Puy was kind of in the wrong in terms of what he was pissed about. But yeah, there's just been a lot of cranky pants on, on the men's side. Maybe it's just a weird vibe, I don't know. And that's what Madison Keyes said when someone asked her like how, uh, in her press today, about how, if, if the rain is you know bothering her, people are in a bad mood or whatever, she said she had a different approach to it than I do, at me just trying to stay sane. She was like, after Paris, it just like feels like cumulatively like a lot to have to deal with all this rain. Me, I keep being like, Paris was so much worse. Yeah. So this is better. So it's still fine. So this is better. Yeah. So it's fine. I'll hope to continue that approach as we go into Middle Sunday. Yeah, we're I mean, abbreviated I, Middle Sunday. Yeah, I think that those players who, you know, obviously played deep into Paris and then obviously played some of the, the grass court lead-ups, it has been one, two, three, four, five, six weeks of very weird tennis because there's just been a lot of like warming up, cooling down, warming up, step on court, play two points, get pulled off. Um, you know, a lot of Some uncertainty and, and, and pressure that these players have had to take, you know, obviously in Paris all the way through to here because it was happening obviously in Birmingham, I know, for the women. Uh, you know, there were there was, I think, some 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 rain and stuff in Halle as well. Yeah, a little bit. Um, Halle uh, Stuttgart and some of those other tournaments, uh, you know, those, those, those grass tournaments post uh, – post-French Open, a little bit in Eastbourne. So it's been a difficult six weeks to kind of try and play professional tennis, and in particular within those six weeks, playing two of the biggest tournaments of the year um, with the French Open and Wimbledon. So, you know, it does really feel at this point kind of a survival of the fittest um, and most mentally strong uh, yeah. to get through it because I, I can't imagine, you know, kind of all the stops and starts and not wanting to just – go, you know, angry office panda and on the everyone. And the really frustrating thing about the stop and starts, for those of you who aren't here, which I assume is almost everybody listening to this <laughs> podcast, is that it's barely rained. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, the rain, especially today, has been really, really minor rain. It's been barely missing to the point where, like, I think I, th I saw someone tweet, someone who was here, I forget who, tweet that this week, today, just like, if this had been the French Open playing on clay, out of this whole week that's had complete havoc, maybe it would have been two hours cumulative of rain delay. But here, with all with how long it takes them to like put through the tarps, to like take down the nets, put back up the nets, all the you know all the pageantry of resetting up the courts they have to do every time here, it's just added up and it's just felt 
annoying. <laughs> and, it's a lot, of, it's yeah. a lot of waiting. It's yeah. a lot of waiting, and then all of a sudden, everything happens. Then obviously the schedule gets um, compacted as you know there's a backlog, and then which means each day, even though theoretically the busiest day of a slam is supposed to be the first two days when you have the most matches going on, actually because of all the backlog, now you have just so many important matches going on simultaneously that it creates you know that kind of weird tension and stress as well i know i don't know for me covering and i only cover half the tour but you know obviously i keep you know tabs of what's going on on the men's side so i have i am watching the men's matches as well as as the women's matches but um yeah it's just i don't know it's a weird there's no rhythm and maybe all that that chaos uh could have affected someone like Djokovic, who's more sure uh more well, highly you know strung than query. But, but this goes back to, I think, the discussion we may have had uh, in Paris, uh, I think, in, in some of the the, the, um, the podcasts that we did there, either that or maybe it was just over um, kebabs uh, late at night at our lovely kebab shop. Miss the kebabs. Miss the kebab shop. But um, that the top players are used to precision. They get the best courts. They get the most optimum start times. They get everything kind of catered to them. And what we saw in Paris, particularly um, with uh, Agnieszka Radwanska and Simona Halep, in those two matches that had the rain and everything like that, and they were playing in conditions that they thought were, I don't want to say this because it makes them sound bad, but like beneath them, like we are not supposed to be playing in conditions like this, whereas lower ranked players are like, we do this on a Thursday at a ITF for a challenger. Like this is normal or in qualies. Um, that can really throw you off your game. And I think that maybe, going back to what you were saying, maybe, you know, the, the cumulative nature of everything, what Novak was going to need to do, you know, starting today, only one man was in the fourth round, and that was Roger Federer. Um, it's, uh, it's a lot. It's a lot to kind of process and a lot to deal with. And it's uh, don't underestimate the mental toll that this takes on the players. When, when I've talked to them throughout the week, They've kind of just constantly asking them to run through what their days have been like and what they've been doing. Um, it sounds exhausting. It doesn't sound fun. Yeah. But hopefully it will be more fun the second week. The weather's not much better, but there will be a higher percentage of matches played on center court at least, and hopefully they keep the damn roof closed when there's any <laughs> doubt because what is the point just with how long it takes to but set up everything? it's an outdoor tournament. Oh, shush, everyone who thinks that. <laughs> I'm looking at you, Andy Murray. Andy's always like, Oh, it's an outdoor event. So it's like, no, it's an event where there should be tennis played when possible. <laughs> it's a tennis tournament. It's a tennis Let's tournament, first tennis. and foremost. It's not, not a <laughs> chance to look at the sky. So with that, we will wrap up here. We'll come back to you sometime next week as things get more settled in and we get to the business end of the tournament. Thank you guys for listening. If you want to follow along when you're not listening, you can do so. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at NCR underscore tennis and both of us individually. 40 Deuce Twits is Courtney. I am Ben Rothenberg. Courtney's also WTA underscore insider, which is a cool thing to follow if you like ladies playing tennis. Of course. Um, Send us emails for stuff. uh, NoChallengesMaining at gmail.com. Subscribe on iTunes. Leave us reviews there. Blah, blah, blah. Executive producers of No Challenges Remaining are Pancha Resendez of TennisBalls.com and Tal Woolley. I know people are wondering, Courtney, (laughs) what is our Beyonce status? Well, it was looking, once we got the notice that middle, there was going to be play on Middle Sunday, that we were going to be making lemons or lemons out of lemonade, that a really <laughs> awesome thing had turned really sour and terrible. We've just received the order of play for Sunday. Play is starting a bit early at 11.30, including on center court. Um, and with the relative dryness of Saturday... Uh, they did get through their schedule, and they're not a ton of singles matches, uh, as many as one would have thought to, uh, 48 hours ago. 
So, if play rolls along, if there are no delays, we may just be seeing Beyonce on Sunday. Gosh. It's in the balance. But you know what's so crazy about this that's really frustrating? I'm just going to say this really quickly. Yeah. Uh-huh. Is that if I knew for sure that I couldn't see Beyonce tomorrow, I would be unloading these tickets or trying to find a way to unload these tickets. So I almost feel like I'm waiting for the universe to screw me where it's like, oh, yeah, no, hold on to your tickets because there's still an option. And then at the very last minute, there'll be some deluge in the middle of Serena's match. And I'm going to be like, nope, can't go to Beyonce. And I'm going to have to eat all that money. And that was going to be really frustrating. Well, then we can eat our feelings. Yeah, yeah. Well, but we're in England. We'll find something. I need to. I need to hit that twenty-four hour McDonald's in Wandsworth. It would make me feel so much better. It's a, it's a twenty-piece chicken nugget night, y'all. <laughs> and with that, we will leave you at this twenty-piece of a show. Bye, guys. Later.